Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. episode off with a very special guest if you follow the minnesota timberwolves i'm sure you're very familiar with this man this is dane moore who has a podcast in the blue wire pod network so dane how you doing thanks for joining the show i'm good man thank you for having me thank you for having me yeah so obviously i have to start here um i know you're probably gonna i'm probably gonna ask you a lot of questions you get all the time especially when it comes to the wolves but uh my first question has to be why do you think the city of minneapolis has done more than the lakers to honor george mikan <laughs> Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I wanted to just keep you on your toes for the first part of the episode. There you so, go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, obviously going back to the wolves, um, not the way this season wanted to go to start the year, obviously a lot to go on, uh, with the season still remaining, but you know, cats out with COVID, um, they've had a lot of ups and downs the rotations. D'Angelo Russell sat out a couple of games. They won a game without D'Angelo Russell. Um, and obviously Anthony Edwards being the first pick in the draft, still kind of learning his way. So when you look at this team as a whole, when you look at this package of talent that they have, what do you see from this team on a nightly basis uh, as far as where they stand currently as a franchise? What do I see from them on a nightly basis or what do I see from them as a franchise? Cause those are pretty different things. I That's mean, true. That's very true. On a nightly basis, it's losing a lot of losing. Um, and, you know, as a, as a bigger picture, you know, as a lot of, a lot of the things haven't, haven't come to fruition. Um, whether that be, you know, Anthony Edwards, he's, he's a rookie and um, isn't making very many shots. He's, over his last seven games, shooting 24% from two and 25% from three. So that's, uh, hasn't, you know, hasn't been very effective. Obviously, you know, Cat and Dilo haven't played together very much. So that hasn't been very effective either. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. I'm, you know, watching the Wolves Warriors game last night and, and you're looking at it. And at, at one point, you know, Jordan McLaughlin was leading the team in scoring and Nas Reed was leading the team in rebounding. And, McLaughlin's on a two-way and Nas Reed's on a minimum contract. Another player was drafted, you know, two years ago when they entered the league. So, so it's a, it's a team that is, is just kind of has to play games right now because that's what happens in the NBA, but they're just with a group that they have to roll out there every night. I mean, they, they pretty much have very slim chances every night of, of winning that game. And um, it's, you know, kind of has a, compounding residual effect of you know just this how how much of that losing is going to happen until they you know that till they have a healthy team or until their guys are you know are ready to win and that's that's the waiting game you know Timberwolves fans are going through right now yeah and obviously you know Anthony Edwards, like you mentioned, number one overall pick. He's a rookie. He's struggled with his last seven games but there's been a lot of these glimpses certainly athleticism jumps out of the screen when he plays um, what is it you've seen from him? Because I know, you know, he's been compared to a lot of over-the-top talents. Uh, obviously, you know, when he said he was comparing himself to Dwayne Wade, that was a little crazy. You want that confidence. You want that swagger. He said that? There. I think he did, yeah. There's pre-draft stuff. He was like, yeah, so. 
yeah, you know. Um, but you know, Dwayne Wayne came out and said he could be better than him. I saw I remember that as a tweet as well. But what do you see from Edwards so far in the talent level, the skill set? Um, you know, where do you see us if he fits? What can you what you know, obviously we want to see him score more and shoot better, but what else do you want to see from him as he continues to develop as a basketball player? Well, what I've seen so far is he has a on the positive side is he has a great first step. Yeah. And um, you know, that's that's the you know, that's the weapon already as a nineteen year old that can put him in advantage situations. Um you, you combine that with with which is something that I think showed up at Georgia quite a bit, but what wasn't really labeled uh, with what he came in when he came into the draft is he has really good passing ability too. You know, he's a, he's a live dribble passer going out of the direction um, with either hand. And, and, you know, that, that kind of hints at the, you know, at the idea that he's going to be a player who is going to be impactful theoretically at all three levels, whether that's just from the pole from, from three point range, obviously we see the force of him, when he's attacking all the way to the rim, but also from that mid-range area where he can kind of snake a pick and roll and make a decision um, moving out of the direction. And, you know, that's, that's theoretically a dynamic player in, you know, in the physical body he has, which is, as people saw last night with the dunk, because, I mean, he's pretty freaky. Um, at the same time, he is extremely lost defensively currently. Um, he doesn't – he almost never makes his shots – um, so he's, he's a really far ways away from, from, from putting those things all, you know, all together into, into a winning package. So the, you know, the, there's all these like boxes that seem possible for him to check. And, and yeah, if you do check them all, that probably is Dwayne Wade. Um, but it's a lot of boxes, you know, and how is he gonna, you know, how is he going to be able to do that? And how is he going to fuse that together with the mentality? Because so much of the time, you know, when we're, when we're making comparisons like that, really the most important box is, is the mentality one. Right. And, and, you know, how, how Dwayne Wade was as a, you know, as a competitor. And a lot of times what happens is, is these guys, when we give them their draft ceilings and stuff, you know, a big part of it is, are they going to mentally be able to do that? And right now, I mean, Anthony's just, he's just a 19 year old kid who I don't even think he knows, right? Like he's just, he's just still, he's still very figuring out himself. That's, that's, that's pretty clear as a basketball player and as a person. I almost feel that would have came out if it wasn't for Tom Crean. Like, I almost feel like if there wasn't the Crean connection, it'd just been like, you know, he's going to be a really good shooting guard, but it's like, yeah, it it, was Tom. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the, that's the Tom Crean connection, obviously Victor Oladipo too. It's like, Oh, big you know, big, strong wing, but I don't think Edwards has actually said it himself. I think a lot of people have said that about Anthony Edwards because I've been on a many zoom call with Anthony <laughs> Edwards from pre-draft to, to this. And he's, he, he's been, I mean, that's kind of been a really interesting thing too, is just kind of his personality and makeup in that way. Yeah. Where he's just very, um, he's just very honest, you know, and an honest and kind of his immaturity of, he says, I don't know a lot, um, like in, a, in an earnest sort of way where, where he's just kind of like, I'm trying to figure this out as I go. And really he, he reclassified. So he should be a freshman in college right now. Yeah. Um, and he just also is, I think he's kind of one of those young 19 year olds too, where he doesn't even necessarily seem that old. Um, he's just really, he's still really figuring himself out. 
yes, maybe I might have misworded that. I apologize if I did, but I was like, you know, well, it's a big Twitter. difference if he said I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. be Dwayne Wade versus Twitter said I'm gonna be he's gonna be Dwayne Wade. Those are extremely different things. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, kind of touch real quick on Cat. Obviously, I know you know with everything going on, the guy's been through hell and back, and it's been really tough for him. Um, we know the offensive up, you know, tremendous offensively. Obviously, one of the better big men in the league, and you know there was a presser earlier this year and you you would know better than I would that there was you know a situation where you kind of could hear his frustration talking about not necessarily the staff that was after a loss I think they didn't play too well defensively and he was talking about the team and he's like no this isn't something Ryan's doing this is us when you see like him kind of growing more and more into that maybe quote-unquote leadership role what you know what do you have you seen from him in your time covering him specifically that really seen him mature with that process well, Kat's a tricky one to talk about, particularly when it comes about to press conferences um, and post-game stuff, because he says things in post-game press conferences, so you will say that. Sure. I mean, he, he does that. Uh, I asked him that question that time, and he just he snapped and went off about defense and all these different things. And um, he's a really he's a really intelligent person and is is always um he's always trying to think a couple steps ahead and so in those situations he's he's not thinking about what he i and my what i believe is i don't think he's actually talking about what he feels he's he's talking about what he wants you to perceive and how you're going to to perceive it so i think we we don't often get direct transparency from cat when he's talking about basketball and um that said, it makes it, it makes it very complicated, you know, to cover him uh, because you, you hear him saying one thing one time, saying another thing another time. I do believe to the Ryan point, Ryan Saunders, that he does really support Ryan. Um, and, and I think he's right. Like uh, to a large extent, this is a really young team that very clearly isn't executing basketball plays. Obviously execution is partially on the coach, coaching the players to execute, but like, there's so many examples this season of the guys not doing, you know, pretty, pretty basic things. And, and yeah, so it's a, it's a really, it's a really interesting situation with Cap because, and Ryan, uh, cause he, he steadfastly has defended him. And I think Cat is in a situation where he's very frustrated that there's been so much turnover uh, with the coach. I mean, he played for, well, Flip, was, Flip Saunders was supposed to be his coach. Flip passed away. Sam Mitchell was his coach. Sam Mitchell was let go. You know, Tom Thibodeau takes over. Tom, Tom Thibodeau thing happens. Ryan takes over. I mean, Cat's in his sixth year, and he's had a whole lot of different stuff on the coaching side. So he's at the point where he, he wants – I think he just wants continuity, and, and, and Ryan kind of lets him do his thing. So, um, yeah, it's uh, – that's kind of the – it's kind of the big question is, you know, what are you going to build around cat? And obviously the coach is a, is a big part of that. Well, you know, obviously NBA Twitter rumors, whether they start on Instagram or people just trying to leak things, it always comes to, well, you know, Bradley Beal and cat. Now that James Harden's been moved, those are the guys going to be moved next. Right. And it's like, oh, is cat now? Up, up yeah, there? Of course. Is, cat is. is. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Bradley Beal and cat always now, because their teams are bad and they're good players and they have nice, yeah. you know, in their contracts. So therefore someone wants to take them. Right. And so I'm sure you've been asked a million times about what are the trade options of Carl Anthony towns? And like, the real question is obviously everyone's going to want a very good offensive center with that upside. That's what started scoring and rebounding. But 
is there really a possible you could see the Wolves really being like, maybe we would move on from him? Because if you're, I remember correctly, you would know better than me again. When it came back to the whole Garnett thing, Garnett had to be convinced to leave Minnesota. And it feels like this is a little different. Is it a little different in that circumstance? Well, it's pretty different than Garnett or Beal because Cat has, after this season, still has three years left on his contract. Um, So, I mean, the way I always approach the the Cat trade conversation stuff is like, yeah, he probably will get traded eventually. That's what happens to pretty much every star player. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, it's very rare that players sign a third contract with their team. I mean, you go Paul George, Kevin Durant, whatever. I mean, go down the list. All of them. Like, that's probably what happens. But what normally happens before then is their incumbent team makes an all-in push to really, you know, if you're the, the Pacers with Paul George to, you know, to take it to the next level and, you know, try and beat LeBron to go to the finals and get that championship and do all those things. And obviously the Wolves are very, very far away from that, that part of the process. But if you kind of look at how since Gerson Rosas has taken over the, the Timberwolves as the president of basketball operations, it's, you know, they're, they're very, they're, they're, they've timed things up so that before cats free agency, they're very much on the precipice of something. Um, theoretically with, you know, his best friend and D'Angelo Russell in tow and, and you know that you, you, you try and you try and make it work enough so that it's attractive enough to be the Dirk Nowitzki situation or be the sure. Tim Duncan situation where, where they want to stay there. Um, I think though, what's very different than the KG situation back then to today is what those type of players are bringing back in a package. I mean, it totally changes the way you have to think about this stuff. If you're a team, it's obviously it's, it's never really attractive to trade your star player, but it's never been more attractive to trade your star player than it is today. I mean, you got to think cat is getting somewhere between what drew holiday and James Harden just got right. Sure. I think you can make a case that if you're trading for cat as to be your second option, he's as far as second options goes, you know, equally attractive to James Harden in, in many ways. Um, so, so the wolves are at this point where I think you just go all in and in, in these next couple of years, you really try and make that push, get, try and get a third star around him and D'Lo. And then if it doesn't work, you know, you have Anthony Edwards, maybe you have another, another player in this draft or in the next draft and, and, and you, you pour it all out and you, you get the equivalent of Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, four first round picks for cap, you know, whatever, like if that's, if that's on the table and Wolves fans will take to that terribly because they'll do the whole KG thing over again, but it's like on paper in a vacuum that's why you're in a pretty good spot if you're the wolves is, is he's going to have bring a a huge return back if, and when that time comes. Yeah. And you've mentioned D'Angelo Russell, obviously, you know, even though it's his second season with the team, half the season or so, um, he's obviously been a very small sample size and 30 games looked it up last night. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Which is crazy because the trade almost went down exactly a year ago, like today. And, and it's been, you know, he played 12 games last season. And, and has only played 11 this year. So 23, he's missed it. He sat out a few games, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And we know, we knew the kind of player he was, you know, this, this, he's a shoot, he's a scorer. He was an all-star. Um, and we've had this very limited, like you said, 23 total games. 
Um, what have you seen from him so far as far as like, you know, do you see him as like the quote unquote point guard of the future? Do you see this as like, maybe this doesn't last much longer with this contract that he got from Minnesota and the sign in, in the trade deal. What do you want to see more of from Russell as far as his, this team getting better with him as like kind of the lead ball handler? Yeah, well, he's very much the point guard of the future. I mean, it's really where Gerson Rosas has planted his flag is on, you know, on DeAndre Russell. Sure. He traded, uh, traded Andrew. I mean, Andrew Wiggins and DeAndre Russell are both on equally crappy contracts. Right. Yeah. And, and Rosas attached a 2021 first, a 2021 second, and functionally a 2024 second as well to make up the difference between them. So he disagrees that D'Angelo Russell is on a crappy contract. And, you know, that's a, that's not a common opinion, right? You know, if you, if you look around right now and, and his production kind of illustrates that it is, hasn't been there, but what, what the Wolves can argue is that he's, he's been here for two seasons and only played five games with cap, you know, right. like that's, so they haven't seen it. They like, okay, we know what D'Angelo Russell is when you put him out there with a bunch of crappy Lakers players or, you know, Brooklyn, whatever, like they know what that player is, but you've never seen out of D'Angelo Russell is him playing with a dynamic big man. I mean, back in, back in LA, it was Mozgov and like Hibbert. Yeah. And, and then in Brooklyn, it was, uh, he was, a, he did Jared Allen a little bit. I think it was Allen's mm-hmm. well, first, you know, first and second years. Um, you know, Al, Alan's solid, but but he like rookie year Jared Allen is nothing compared to Cat. Right. He he literally can't do half the stuff that Cat can do. So it's it's this idea that right, like DeAndre Russell isn't a three level scorer. He he isn't able. You know, he's a he's a good pick and roll player, but he can't he can't do everything out of the pick and roll because he can't he can't take you all the way to the rim. So that that's kind of where his inherent limitations are. It's why his pick and roll numbers are a little bit lower, but you can paper over a lot of those, whatever weaknesses he does have in the pick and roll and highlight his strengths, which are, you know, again, he's also a live dribble passer. He's a live dribble, you know, live dribble shooter, really good pickup, pull up shooter from, from three or from mid range. And you put that together with cat, who's probably the best popping big in the game right now or ever. And that should make any point guard, really damn good in the pick and roll. So that's what, you know, it's, it's just, it's just to be determined, right? Like if cat and D have never played three consecutive games together, Eesh. you gotta, you gotta wait to really, you know, judge him after, after three consecutive games, because he's just not an efficient player. If he's surrounded by a bunch of guys who are, you know, on minimum contracts, that's, He's just not that player. Uh, theoretically, he's a very good player when he's next to good players. Yeah, and obviously one of those good players being Malik Beasley, who has had awesome nights. I regrettably traded him in my fantasy basketball league right before he went off and then had a big game over the weekend. That, that really was, hurt me. Yeah, that was a mistake because that dude is just yeah. – he's just stat sheet stuffing. Like, well, not, I had, not in a totally <laughs> bad, selfish way, but right. like kind of like that. Like, he very much – he's very much trying to fill it up. Yeah, it was a stat. It was a fill in. It was a, like a feel, like a nice, like touch on the trade because I was getting LeBron and like my, the guy was like, "All right, I'll give you LeBron if you throw in Malik Beasley." And I was like, "Damn it, okay, fine." Because you know, if you can get LeBron, you get LeBron, you know. <laughs> so I was like, "All right, I'll give it up for that." But 
one of my favorite players, obviously, honestly, in the league. Like the way that since Minnesota yeah. came in, all these pieces you've talked about, he's been the one that's like, oh, we've seen him on the court, we've seen him score, we've seen him yeah. play well. Uh, sure, there's been some off the court things that have been a little. We've seen him there too. Yeah, a little testy. Um, yeah. But you know, holding hands with Larsa Pippen and all that stuff. You know, whatever that look might be. But it seems like Malik is really taking a step forward with Minnesota from his time in Denver. Maybe part of that's just because he has more shots. Um, from, you know, playing with guys like Jokic and Murray and things like that. But what have you, I mean, what have you really liked so far from him? Obviously, you know, he kind of has that fit too. We're like, we could see him get a little better defensively. Um, but the skill set seems to be really awesome on that offensive side. And, you know, is he a guy like Minnesota, you know, or Timberwolves fans really contracted to how good he is as a player? Yeah, I mean, he, I, I think what, what, you know, I didn't know coming in was just how insane of a work ethic he has. I mean, he's, he, he plays extremely hard. Um, and you know, and it, it's in one of those ways where it is actually translating a lot of the guys who say, Oh, they work really hard. It's like, okay, cool. They have like four points and nine rebounds, you know, like Malik Beasley's effort, you know, translates to run out situations to, you know, to, to lose balls, running off of screens to work, you know, to working harder. And it's, um, it really does translate to points. That's, I mean, that's, he had, he had 30 last night, 10 of 17 shooting. Um, I mean, he, he's a, he's a pretty charismatic, you know, yeah. sort sort of guy. And, and really he's kind of anybody who was, was against his, you know, four year, $60 million contract he signed this off season has, he's kind of, he's kind of made that look like a, really solid deal yeah bargain um yeah maybe not bargain but <laughs> <laughs> it is it's also there's a team option on the last year and it's escalating so it's really like a three-year formula 43 million dollar contract which that maybe is closer to a bargain um i mean he's also i think one of those one of those guys not saying the wolves are going to trade him for sure but if they are going to go out to make a move for you know a third player who's at a higher level you know he's kind of He's also kind of got that contract you can put into the trade too, right? Sure. Um, so, so he's a he's an interesting piece on this team. Whether he will be um, part of the long term plan or not, I mean, I think you can see him in a couple of different roles. Right now, he's kind of playing as like the one or two. But I'm interested to see them at full strength and see if he's how much he is still able to be like that 20 point score when he is the third or maybe you know even fourth option. I've, I've been surprised in the game that Cats played that there really has been, you know, it really has been all three of them. I think there was the one game cat came back from wrist injury. It was like cat had 28 Malik had 28 and Dito had 25 um, all on, you know, pretty effective shooting. And that's kind of, that's kind of what the wolves want this team to be right. As currently constructed is pretty top heavy in that sort of way, get all your scoring from those three guys and then have everyone else just kind of making, you know, their corner threes layups that, you know, that, that sort of thing. And, yeah, I don't, I don't think people understand maybe how good how good Malik Beasley is as an offensive weapon, and he really has to improve defensively. He's like the <laughs> one. Florida, the yeah, as I say, he's like the one Florida State guy that you haven't seen the defensive side of yet so far. It seems like you know, like true. true. I, I watch the Bulls a lot, so Pat Williams has obviously been a really good rookie for them so far, and like. You know, we know Devin Vassell coming to the draft. What he See, so so is Will, are we officially on like Pat Williams is very much in one of the more successful rookies right now? You think? I I, I haven't I watched think, him in a couple of weeks. 
I think I have to say yes, just because he's fit in like really seamlessly with what Billy Donovan wants to do for that team. So like, or is, or is Billy Donovan just letting him? That's fit? also a good point. That's a very good point. Because so. I feel like that's the through line of all these rookies right now. Yeah, is like it's so based on. It's 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 interesting how all these teams right have to have to pick this role for these rookies, whereas like last night on the Zoom call, Steve Kerr was just kind of out of nowhere, like, "Oh, we're gonna start." bringing James Wiseman off the bench. Yeah. The Wolves have been bringing Anthony Edwards off the bench the whole year. You know, lamelo has been coming off the bench. Williams, right, is he's the only he's the only guy now that Killian Hayes is out who's actually been starting the whole time, right? Yeah, because I think Halliburton started a little bit, but I don't think he started yeah. every game. And But for sure, the top, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. That's so different than – Yeah, it's so weird. so different than normal. So it, it totally – I feel like it totally – I don't know. It, it's just an important variable to, like – to like consider you know when, when we're assessing all yeah. all these guys that's a good point because like i'm in cincinnati so you know we get we get the Cavs on our regular tv so last night i watched him play the lakers and i watched isaac okoro guarding lebron and it's yep. like there's things you see that you really like like you know he really picks up the ball well on the defensive side and he's not afraid to shoot which i really appreciate but there's also things where you're like okay like you said is this because jb is letting him play more minutes or is this just because it's like you know, what else do they have? Because they played well. Obviously, they've been fun. They've been a good league pass team, but. Yeah, it's like the, it's the fabric of what their team is, you know, of, of really defined. It's like, yeah, I, I had like LaMelo number one on my board, so I'm like biased, whatever, like I sure. liked what I've seen from LaMelo. But it's, it's funny. I think if you put LaMelo on a, a different team, I've thought about it's, it, LaMelo's kind of fit pretty seamlessly in with that group. Yeah, agreed. And, and you wonder like, you know, say it was on the Cavs. Like, I don't think it's as seamless of a fit, you know? Like, I don't think they're getting out and running and spreading the floor with JaVale McGee, Andre Drummond, and the other <laughs> 10 centers on the team, you know? Like, it's it's interesting. And, you know, and with Anthony Edwards, too, he's in this weird spot where it, he's clearly drafted to become a high-volume player. Right. And, and he's playing alongside behind three high volume players in Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. So you go, well, how is this going to fit? You know, like where, where, like the whole, there's only so many basketballs, right? If, right. if it is, if a good game is cat scoring 28, Malik scoring 28 and Dilo scoring 25, like what, like, yeah, where are the Edwards points? You know, like it's just, it's, and they need, <laughs> I remember that one game, they only had like 28 points from the whole rest of the team. So they, they need something more, but the Wolves are so invested in high volume scoring players on their team and guys who don't have a pedigree of being defensive players. Like Cat, obviously, and he's looked actually a lot better defensively this year. Um, but he doesn't have a pedigree of playing defense. DeAndre Russell depth certainly doesn't and has a pretty high def- or pretty low defensive ceiling based on his athleticism. Malik Beasley really struggles to read the floor defensively. And Anthony Edwards hasn't a clue right now of how right. to play defense. So, so it's, it's four pretty one way players. And that's a, you know, that's, that's why I think you have some concern big picture, you know, how does, how does that all fit together? Because it isn't as seamless of a fit, I don't think, as as Lamella Ball is in Charlotte or I guess Patrick Williams in Chicago. Yeah, and that's you know, that's a really good point. So you talked about wanting to see this team at full strength. 
I'm curious from you, from your eyes, what does this full rotation really look like as far as like this bench group? Cause you know, we know like the cats, the Beasley's, the Russell's, the Edwards. Great question. <laughs> you know, but like the Jared Vanderbilt, is he a part of that group? Is the, you know, the Nas Reed, the, the you know, the, the Jake Layman's like, where does that start? And where does that stop with this team? Cause you know, you see a situation like this year, like Jared Vanderbilt's playing about a little under 19 minutes a game and Jordan McLaughlin hasn't played a ton of minutes, but he's getting about eight games, but he's playing 18 minutes a game. Like what do you see as far as like, you know, well, it's all dependent on who's available each night. True. And, true. We, and we can go through, we could go through it position by position. If cats, if cats playing, then Ed Davis is not playing. And then, and then Nas Reed is, you know, is the backup center. And now you got full boat there. Like those are, there's all your, you know, there's all your minutes. And, and Nas Reed has, he's the closest thing you can get to a cat facsimile on a minimum contract in the NBA. Yeah, like I he's, agree. He can, you know, he can he can spread the floor, um, and he's he's got some pretty decent passing chops. Really, the the one thing that Cat does that Nas really can't do at all is post up. Other than that, you know, he's he's your backup. Is in fact trying to be the facsimile, right? Um, so that's that's that position. Power forward is an absolute disaster. Uh, the Wancho they signed Wancho and Gomez to three year twenty one million dollar contract, similar to the Beasley one before, where the third year isn't, you know, guaranteed to have a team option on it, whatever. So it's basically a two-year deal. Um, he's not been worth that um, yeah. in, in the time that he's played. So, so it was already a very, very thin position. And, and the majority of the games, he's looked like he is not a rotation player um, in, in the NBA. So, so you have that. And then, and then he's, you know, he's missed time. And Jared Vanderbilt plays power forward in an extremely different way. Doesn't space the floor at all but is far more physical, you know, a, a very good rebounding presence, a leaping presence. It's, he's the inverse of, of want show and, you know, and fans have come to really like that, but what the wolf system prefers is a floor spacing, a floor running shooting foreman. Um, they want to play. I mean, Rosas has said this a million times. They want to play one guard, three wings, one big. Well, Jared Vanderbilt's a big, and if he's out there on the floor with Nas Reed or at Davis or Cat, that's two bigs. They don't want that. So, or if they do want it, they want it to be like in spot minutes. It took them even a long time, even though Vanderbilt was abundantly, it was abundantly clear that Vanderbilt was the best power forward option on the roster right now. It, it took Wancho getting COVID for them to start him and, and play him, play him the most minutes. They'd rather, if they're going to go two bigs, have that be like eight, 10 minutes a game max so so that's what they have a power forward josh Kogi, who's six four has been the only other you know solid option of power forward jake layman i i think it, it's weird because he was super solid i don't know he just had his first kid um a couple like a week ago i don't know if that's been weighing on him he's just been totally mentally just kind of checked out there really struggling to you know to produce at all he got he started the first three or four games of the season, but now he's been totally removed from the rotation. So it, it's weird there. And then, I mean, I could keep going on the list. We've talked about cotton of the wings too. And it's, yeah. it's a, uh, it's a Kogi and Culver at the three. Um, neither of them can shoot at all. Culver has pretty serious confidence issues uh, when, when he's out there and at the two it's Beasley and Edwards. Edwards also slides into the three a little bit when, when a Kogi can slide up to the four. Well, that's kind of that's kind of Beasley's spot, and then point guards not worked because D'Lo yeah. and Rubio have not been able to share the floor at all, and 
and that's relegated um, when they have one of the two of them to an off-ball role where neither of them looks remotely comfortable. And then rookie just Ricky as a, just a backup point guard playing 16 to 18 minutes a game with second unit guys who on the Timberwolves are really like third unit guys. It just doesn't work because he can't get to the rim either. And he's driving and he's kicking to guys who don't really know where to stand and, and stuff like that. So, so the point guard thing, they bet pretty big on that. Right. And thus far that hasn't, that hasn't worked at all. So that's my five position rundown, I guess. Hey, I appreciate that. Um, so a couple more questions before we get done here. Uh, one I have to ask because my boss is a diehard Timberwolves fan. He oh. actually is a former uh, student manager for the Golden Gophers for the for UM. So he's okay. very, very tied into the uh, basketball area in Minnesota. Uh, he, he's a big fan of your work. He actually told me specifically when I told him I was interviewing you today. So uh, yeah, he went Shout out to, U of M guy. <laughs> yeah. He wanted me to ask uh, your thoughts on how Gerson has handled his uh, range of assets so far in his time as president of basketball operations. We've kind of touched on it, but overall now you're his range of assets. Um, what were the assets? <laughs> I guess. I mean, like, like a contract. Yeah, that's not an asset. I mean, that's 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 kind of that's kind of the thing, right? Is like Rosas was really eager to take over the Wolves um, because. When he took over the Wolves, Cat was just beginning year one of a five-year, twenty-five percent max contract. I mean, as far as being a GM or Pobo goes, like that's nice. Like that's yeah, because it's what we talked about. It's like okay, you got this four or five years to really make your move, um, to go after it, and if not, like you can liquidate that into <laughs> some awesome stuff, you know. So I think I think he that was the asset. The problem was there was anchors all over there, you know, like he comes in and Gorgi Jang has multiple years left on his contract with 16, 17 million dollars left on the Chuck T had 19 million left on his contract and Wiggins had a million dollars, billion dollars left on his, his contract. And, and neither of those three players were, I mean, Gorgi Jang, the league had kind of passed him by um, in, in just what his skill set was when he was signed to that sort of contract, it was, I don't know, there's a, there's a different vision of where the, where the league was going to be. And Jeff Teague really it was hurt, was not, you know, was certainly not worth the 19, $20 million he was set up for. And Wiggins by the time Rose was taken over was very clearly not going to be a max player. So, so it was really about managing getting off all that stuff. And, and in one year um, he did that. I don't mean to say that like, woo, like massive right. accomplishment, but he literally got rid of all three of them. And, um, you know, he, he turned Wiggins into D'Lo at the price of a valuable first and two seconds. He switched Gorgie Jang out for James Johnson, who then he switched James Johnson out for Ricky Rubio. And so that's where that burden, you know, kind of lies right now. And then uh, Jeff Teague, they they traded for Alan Crabb. Alan Crabb's contract expired. So so now you're at a spot where where you have you know you have your max contracts and two guys that you actually want to have on your team. Cat deal. Those are those are those are your assets. Um, you know, other than that, like it's the draft picks. It's Jarrett Culver sixth overall in 2019. That does not look at all like a good pick. Um, you know, I, I just did a pod kind of going through that class. I'm not sure 
I'm not sure if you take Jared Culver over anybody in, in the lottery, maybe Romeo Langford who went 14th um, or Jackson Hayes at eight. I think you know, I'd still probably take Jackson Hayes. So that, that pick is a, is a pretty big miss. Um, he really hasn't had that many like big free agent signings though. Like last summer, Jake Clayman was the biggest one. I got like three and a half million dollars a year, That whatever. Like, even if that hasn't worked, I don't think that's an indictment. Um, and now, and now it's the, it's the Beasley, you know, it's the Beasley and what they traded Robert Covington um, for two first round picks that became uh, one pick. And then the other pick became Beasley and Wancho. So, so those are his, that assets there. He then turned that first round pick into um, a four, six, four year, $60 million contract for Malik and a three year, $21 million contract for Wancho. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't think that's gone poorly. I wouldn't say you have a huge value um, out of those, out of that money, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard because so much of it was like management versus like maximization of, of, of the assets. So we're going to have, you know, we're gonna have to see, like, I don't think Jared, Jared Culver pick has, has played out very well, but it's, it's only a year and 15 games into his career. So so it's kind of like it's kind of like to be determined there. Anthony Edwards not shooting the ball well, but like he could still very easily be the best rookie from this class. So unfortunately, when when we're grading assets, we're often talking about picks, and to have an accurate assessment of picks, it takes time. So so to grade Gerson Rosas, like yeah, we we can roll through everything move by move, but we don't really, you know, I'm what their their opinion is, and I think it's right. It's like we don't know yet. Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, my last one for you before we get out of here. Um, I have to ask about the uniforms because they're not my favorite in the league. Maybe it's hot take, but I also feel like we go through this all it's the time. A lot of hot take. <laughs> Which and, one? The ones that look like Mountain Dew? Yeah, those exact ones. Yeah. Yeah, they suck. So I feel like, and you but know, here's the thing. This is what I've, as I often tweet about and get pushback from people in the organization is they're not trying to sell those to a 31 year old like myself. They're trying to sell that to a 13 year old. And if you look at like, if you look at shoes, like, like KDs and stuff now. Oh, I'm a sneakerhead. I totally know. know, Yeah. They, 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 they totally have that like color scheme vibe to it. Right. Like the, the neon colors. So that's true. Yeah. Cause I have the Kobe Grinches. I got the ones that just came out in December when they did the relaunch I and mean, I was I was like oh I could see that like I could probably have a few guys wearing those my, but my, I just feel like you can get like it's easier to get wacky on your feet than it is to get yes on your whole body that's why those jerseys I think are bad well I was gonna say because I feel like they're one of the few teams that like they're like 90s 2000s jerseys transcribe well to today like you know the year that they had Derrick Rose and he had the 50 point game he they wore the black throwbacks with the trees I was like Yes, sir. Why can't they bring those back? Those jerseys are excellent. Like, why don't they still wear those more often? I terrific question. Or just like the early nineties, just like yeah, the Royal Christian Lander era. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know. Those haven't come back at all. It's yeah. It's it's been unsuccessful after unsuccessful rebrand for the Wolves from there. I mean. They would argue it that has to do with the fact that you end up liking the likability of the jerseys has to do with the winnability of the roster. True. Um, but I don't know. I mean, back when I was younger and used to care about jerseys a lot more, like 
I wanted a Mookie Blaylock Hawks jersey, not because they were cool, but because the there bird. was a big ass, yeah, hawk on it. Like, cool. I don't know. Yeah, they. Uh, I, really, the instance I've covered the team for three years. The only jersey I really liked is the the, the Prince ones were cool. Yeah. Um, I think like their boxy ones right now went in the navy blue is like decent. But yeah, you just it's like it's like with it what Atlanta's done. Just like lean back into when your team was cool, you know? Yeah. When your jerseys were cool. And I, I don't I don't see why they don't just go just go back to that. That's also the only time the team was ever good. Like <laughs> Yeah, I that. feel like I the Wolves, the Magic, and the Hornets, I feel like are the one team that's like, if you go back to that old look, it looks cool. It still looks good today. Like the Hornets kind of have this year with like that uh bringing back the teal stripes, but like Orlando yeah, and Minnesota, I'm like, yeah. I'm yeah like, Orlando's brought back the pinstripes, but then they have like orange main, on there. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, why does everything look like pop? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we call it pop in Minnesota. I was soda everyone else. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Insanity. People probably think I'm insane, but <laughs> I don't know. It looks like it looks like spilled beverage. Yes. On the Wolves jerseys and the Magic jerseys. It's like you have you have the perfect option right there. Just do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, Dane, you've been awesome, man. I really appreciate you giving me some time today. And um, before we let you out, by all means, take a second here to shout out your podcast, your social media, where, where Wolves fans can find you. Uh, the floor is yours, man. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I, I I, mean, my background is I was a, I was a beat writer previously, and, um, and now I'm doing beat podcasting. So uh, you can find that at Dane Moore MBA podcast, um, or I cover the Minnesota Timberwolves and, and on Twitter, I'm Dane Moore MBA. So, so yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks for uh, your, your listeners who aren't Timberwolves fans. I'm very <laughs> impressed with having listened to 45 minutes of Timberwolves talk, but Hey, there's people are out there, man. I, they do it. Yeah, exactly. Appreciate it, man. All right, so if you're tuning in, that we just wrapped up the interview with Dane Moore I did earlier today. Uh, Dane gave a lot of Minnesota Timberwolves insight, and um, you know what you really need right now is insight on a 4-12 and basketball team. So we are live here with myself and Sean, and we're going to kind of pick up the conversation from here. Um, we are live here on the Facebook feed, so if you have questions, let us know. Uh, we're going to do the short and sweet tonight, obviously, too, but let's go ahead and start, obviously. We got to go to it's the one year now anniversary of the passing of Kobe Bryant. And it's unbelievable that we've already hit this point. We don't have to go too far into this by any means, Sean, but just kind of like one of those things we want. It's so crazy. It feels like that was the start of the end of the world because that's when everything else started going crazy after that in the world. Yeah, um, that so was like, definitely the, the first uh, hit of complete shit news uh, yes. of 2020. That was where it all began, that, uh, that, that terrible moment. Um, I, it's one of those moments that's that feels like it was like five or six years ago and also feels like it just happened yeah which is literally the whole year of 2020 like so yes. um it's uh, it's it's still sad yeah it still sucks it's still miserable um obviously uh you know this is the year he's getting inducted into the hall of fame with kevin garnett and with um tim duncan so that's really awesome well deserved yes and then um obviously today too unfortunately uh, we lose NBA beat writer, you know, NBA writing legend, Sam yeah. Smith. Yeah. And that's just crazy. Sucks. To, to so COVID, I believe. Is that right? I believe you are correct. Yes. Okay. That's what, I, that's what I've been reading. I've been trying to like sift through things, but it looks like that's, that's the thing. And that's, that's, and if that's true, that's super, 
super sad because he's not old. No, and he's amazing. He was so yeah. good at his yes. job. Yes, yes, he was. He was always entertaining on on NBA TV. Always entertaining. Complete, <laughs> complete, sh- complete shocker today, man. Just terrible, terrible news. Um, and you know, and that's another thing. It's like you know, uh, I know a lot of people aren't out there wearing the masks, doing all that stuff. It's like this is kind of case in point. Like this is case in point, man. This is a guy. You know, I don't know if he had any pre-existing conditions or anything. Regardless, though, it's like this is really sad. I mean, he is a he's not an old guy, so yeah. Um, just terrible absolutely terrible yeah i agree so i want to make sure we kind of touched on those obviously um still remembering kobe bryant i think the nba has done a fantastic job of honoring his legacy um over the last year and his tragic passing for him his daughter and the others on that terrible helicopter on that terrible day um also real quick did you see usa today sports today started posting stuff about like the helicopter crash and vanessa bryant kobe's wife had had a post like not too long ago like hey we don't need to see this like we, yeah. live, we live this like it's not necessary what, what so. were they what exactly were they posting i'm not 100 percent certain because all i saw was uh harrison fagan posted on twitter shout out to our guy harrison that yeah. the bad threat has been taken down and then i think it was sports illustrated put up like we apologize for upsetting people and it was like yeah. and people were like it took your audience to realize what you posted was terrible well you usa today isn't really quite the the paper that it once was or yeah. anything i used to i'll be honest with you like i'm very old school when i start, first started my job back in 2002 um i used to buy usa today every day and do you know why basketball news i was keeping up with michael jordan's wizards run <laughs> i was uh, that's pretty much that whole that whole year i i bought that and there was also that was also the same time that the dc sniper um oh yeah going on which was just like to me like one of like the most fascinating stories ever like i'm, I'm absolutely shocked that jimmy fox hasn't played him in a film yet <laughs> well he's gonna but, play mike tyson so yeah yeah that's good and that's fine and that's fine but um yeah i'm the most so, excited about that so not 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 a big fan of usa today anymore it's as far as i'm concerned it's kind of a dead newspaper yeah i agree um so again before we wrap up with this segment here uh obviously it's better our love and best wishes to kobe bryant and also all the families who lost their loved ones in that tragic day um the lakers obviously winning a title and they dedicated that whole season to him was obviously an awesome moment even yes. if you don't love the lakers seeing them win the title for him was obviously something that all of us can appreciate especially in a tough year we just had so yeah um, let's kind of move forward real quick and kind of talk about some stuff within the league as well. Um, we haven't had a chance to get, we didn't get a shot callers up this week. So I wanted to touch on last week during the jazz Pelicans game, we had this whole conversation pop up where Donovan Mitchell was in the post game and Shaquille O'Neal goes on to the interview with Donovan Mitchell talking directly to him and says, you know, you did a really good job. This is paraphrasing, of course. You did a yeah. good job, but I said on my on the show earlier that I didn't think you had what it takes to get your team to the next level. Like, directly to him and says, what do you think about that? And it, Don Mitchell what? goes, I... <laughs> so, like, here's my thing about it, and I'll get your insight on it as well. Um, I really like NBA on TNT. I think they do a really good job for the most part. But there's yeah. also things where it's like, I really don't understand their point. Now, look, you're rarely ever going to hear me say a bad thing about Shaq. He's one of my all-time favorites. Sure. I, named, I named my yeah. dog after him, you know, yes. like, um, so like for me, like Shaquille O'Neal is, you know, a God to me in some senses, but like, there are times with this, like, I, and like, you know, they do that whole segment with Charles Barkley being in the year. It's like who he played for. It's like, oh, you guys didn't do 
any prep before the off season. So that's yeah. good to know. Yeah. And it's like, you know, just stuff like that. And like, you know, they get players names wrong all the time. Like they had that well, thing I, with like Jokic where he's like, I think he's Russian. Well, it's I like, think, I think um, the personalities that are on there, some of the personalities, Barkley and Shaq, um, they are there for, for just strict entertainment value. Um, they are going to make some good points. They're old timers. They're both two of the greatest players of all exactly. time. Uh, Kenny Smith is definitely uh, sharper than both of those guys in every way uh, in terms of broadcasting. Yeah, he's great. Um, but like he's he's fantastic. Like it, watching him break down film and everything. He's just he's and he's very entertaining. And he's been he's been great for 20 freaking years. I mean, I um, which is crazy to think that he's been doing this for 20 years. And he's Barclays, a better analyst. Than and, he was a basketball player. And, and Barkley Barkley's close to this, too. Like they're both yeah. close to this mark here of being on here for 20 years. And they do a fantastic job in the camaraderie they have on the show is great but occasionally you have a a blip like this um and the stuff with Shaq I feel like Shaq being kind of this you know old school you know uh you know hard-nosed basketball player of the 90s you know who's seen it all you know um I feel like sometimes I think they say things to provoke a reaction um in the players to see if they'll do something maybe the next night, like maybe like outperform it, you know what I mean? Like use it as a, a sense of motivation. But a lot of the young players like Donovan Mitchell are just like, really? Yeah, you know? like we don't care, I mean, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you think about a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who's, I, I, I can't, I don't know what his age is right now. He's in his early twenties. It's like, this is a guy who didn't watch Shaquille O'Neal or Charles Barkley play basketball. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, they don't really give a crap what these guys think it just doesn't matter to them like michael jordan is a legend like they know he's the legend and if he said something like that they may be a little bit more upset but someone like Shaq, they know he's a clown he is there as a clown and that's and that's what he does so so you know and they're gonna say stuff like that all the time and that's that's what they do they provoke reactions out of people so you know and and that's fine but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> why? Yeah, because we keep like people. We keep seeing this thing pop up where people are like, "What is the NBA going to do in the post LeBron era? Who are they going to like have their superstar?" And you oh. see stuff like this, and it's like, yeah, that doesn't help. Like, yeah, and 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 you know, and that will be a major issue for the NBA because there'll be a transitional period, just like there was after Michael Jordan. But, um, you know just perpetuating that thought that there's not enough talent in the NBA and everything, because the NBA now, if LeBron retired at the end of the season, they would be better in better shape now than they were in 1998 or 99 entering like a lockout season with Michael Jordan leaving and the bulls breaking up. Like they're the NBA is in much better hands right now. There are definite great superstars. So you can't perpetuate the thinking that, you know, uh, you know, the, things are going to be not great or whatever. And it's just, it's disrespectful really in the, in, in the end of the game. You know what I mean? Like Donovan Mitchell was a great young player. His team has been incredible so far this year, like absolutely incredible. And and we didn't think they would be. And no, I feel like, the, and I feel like that's where the resentment from someone like Shaq comes from. It's like, they don't, they don't care enough about the jazz. So, you know, he wants to knock them off, knock them down a couple pegs, you know? So, um, it's stupid. This is, it's just to provoke entertainment. I don't, I don't, I don't really think much of it, man. 
Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I think my point more or less was just like for a league that's like, well, we need to have something to build after when LeBron leaves. Like, who's going to do movies? Who's going to do this and this and that? It's like, well, you know, you're not really helping when you have this stuff. So, yeah, um, you know, I agree with you. I think their camaraderie is great. I think they're like there are times they do make great. Like last year when they talked about Embiid. Uh, when they were like, look, we're not criticizing you. We were there. Like, we were great. Like, we yeah. are telling you what we want from you because we see it in you. And like now they're getting it, obviously. Yeah. He's, you know, arguably the top candidate for the MVP at this point in the season. Um, but, you know, it seems like it's like for every time they have that, they have a dumb segment like this where they just look dumb. And especially sure. this, like, Nikola Jokic thing where they're like, when yeah. Shaq's like, yeah, I thought he was Russian. And it's like, he's saying that to him with the headset on. And obviously the Charles Barkley, Kevin Durant thing earlier this year when Barkley asked him a question after he criticized when Durant did, did, did Shaq, yeah. was Shaq the one who said the Russian comments? I believe he was, yeah. I mean, if he's been doing this shit forever, man. Like this whole, like, like the, the stuff that he said to Yao back in the day was just yeah. absolutely awful. He was so terrible to him when he entered the league. You know, so it's like, dude, you got it you got to get with the times and, and do a little bit of research and see where these guys are from. You know, it's come on. Yes. I, that I completely agree. I mean, that's um, part of your job too. Like they're just, they're, they're lazy broadcasters, both of them. Yeah. And you know, I always say all the time how much I hate laziness in media and like, just like people that won't do the job and you know, the whole, like, you remember forever. I got so angry at the whole, like, well, Draymond's only good because he's on the Warriors thing. And I was like, no, he's best because he's on the Warriors. But like, to tell me that a yeah. defensive two-time defensive player of the year would go somewhere else. It wouldn't be good is hilarious to me. Yeah. That's neither yeah. here nor there. But um, you know, this is kind of my point of like, do your research, like understand what you're saying. Like, if you feel like Donovan Mitchell is not a guy that can be like legacy in the NBA finals. Sure. There's no proof of that yet. I get that. Sure. But like, also, don't like tear the fact that the Jazz have played outstanding the last three yeah, weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And Donovan Mitchell has been so good after having a struggling start to the season. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So let's go to this next thing of don't disparage really good basketball players. Yes. So, Sean, last night, the Lakers uh, took a trip to Cleveland. Yeah. Um, old LeBron James went back to what is now known as Rocket Mortgage Arena, but you and I know fondly as Quicken Loans Arena. I have attended games at Quicken Loans Arena. It's a wonderful facility. And at the end of the third quarter, LeBron missed a buzzer beating three, where Jason Hillman, an executive for Cleveland, heckled LeBron at the end of the quarter for missing his shot. Now, I don't know if you were watching the game. I was. Um, at the end of the quarter, you see LeBron look over at the baseline and kind of make eye contact with a gentleman. They don't show the gentleman on camera, but you see him kind of have that, sure. like, you know, that not necessarily game six in Boston look, but yeah, close. And yeah. you're like, oh no, this is not good for the Cavs, especially in a game that they were very competitive and played great. Yeah. LeBron then proceeds to just light up the fourth quarter on the way to a 46 point game. And when asked what really lit the fire in him to go crazy in the fourth quarter, where he outscored the Cavs by himself in the fourth quarter, mind you. Yeah. He said, Someone's a little too excited I missed. They're lucky I only come here once a year. <laughs> now, it's very rare that we've seen LeBron James say bad things about Cleveland. Obviously, he was there for 11 years. He won a yeah. title there. He won the most important NBA title in a very long time there. Yeah, um, yes, yes. So, you know, to see him kind of have that reaction about the Cavaliers was fun. Yeah. Also, like, have we not learned yet that you don't talk on Superman's cape? You don't You don't poke the bear. You yeah. don't poke it, you know? I mean, and, and I mean... <laughs> 
he was seven for 11 on three pointers last yes. night, you know, 46 points, eight rebounds, six assists, two steals, like criticizing a performance like that. And it's definitely like a prove it uh, performance with him because, you know, I know they, they lost, what was it? They lost the other day to them. Uh, they didn't lose to the Cavs. No, they lost. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of the Warriors. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, so, so, it, you know, just going to Cleveland, he's going to want to put on a show, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, so, so, uh, you know, every time he goes there, he's going to go out to prove something regardless of any circumstance. And, you know, LeBron, it's at this point, don't doubt LeBron, no matter what, for any such reason ever, yeah. like seriously. And, and, and giving him crap because, you know, he didn't make a three pointer. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. This guy, he's in probably the best shape of his life at age 36. He's, you know, and I know we talk about this, you know, who's the MVP, you know, yada, yada, every single year. And literally, literally, literally LeBron James could, could have been the MVP from like 2009 till 2020. Yeah. To like literally and it wouldn't have been a bad it wouldn't have been a bad choice in any of those years. It would have been fine. We would have been like that's fine. Yeah. I yeah. get it. I mean, I mean everybody's talking about Joel Embiid and everything. It's like this happens every year. This happens every year. Like last year he was he was out of this world last year. He was so good. He was so good. And you look at, uh, and you know this has to motivate him at this point too. On top of it, you know, yes. especially against like Giannis the other day. You know what I mean? So it's like you, I at this point he's 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 one of the greatest, if not the greatest, basketball player of all time. Best at basketball player of this era, anyway, and just uh, most dominant too. So it's like, this these are all clown comments. Yes, Bobby Marks at the at had tweet during the game. He said. All the MVP conversations are fun. Embiid versus Jokic, Luka, Giannis, KD. But at the end of the day, the best player in the NBA is still LeBron James. Yeah, yeah. And the great scheme of things, and and that's the right answer. And that's really like honestly, and it's because we just don't. The NBA just can't give him the award every year. Yeah, and we keep having this thing where like, well, when's the decline coming? When's the decline coming? It's like, have you guys not learned anything from Tom Brady? These like, he's forty three, about to play in the Super Bowl again yeah, like again like lebron is definitely like this tom brady he's the basketball yeah. version of him like he is he is he is so although i do think tom brady is the goat of football where yes. there's still a debate in basketball that we fair. haven't but we haven't we haven't seen the full circle of lebron's work yet so we can't we can't judge him yet that's the only thing yeah i i'm with you um so. also not to mention if you look at his season stats thank you basketball reference for this He's shooting 41% from three this year. He should be. He should be. He's like, added it. We've reached elite shooting level LeBron for the, the quote-unquote twilight of his career. This is so, funny. Uh, he's, he's not even in the twilight. I'm not even going to call it a twilight. This is not the twilight. Like, like Tony Parker's last year in Charlotte was twilight. <laughs> like, that, that, that is what you call a, tw- you know, uh, t-mac on the san antonio spurs that's the twilight of his career you know so it's like you can't even compare that he is still an elite player he may be on the back end of his prime maybe not i don't know we don't know anymore i 
we we don't know we don't know if he's even human anymore I, so I don't, um i don't think he is so you know this is the whole lebron thing is just stupid yes. give him credit give him credit yeah absolutely that was the whole point of this whole conversation open to make so sorry we had to go on a rant about it no it's perfect because it's so funny that we go through this all the time it's- so i have to ask you tim have you been watching have you been watching league pass more this year than you did last year yes and i think a part of that is obviously i haven't been able to cover as many games this year so you haven't been there so so today it came out that league pass viewership is up 36 percent from last season which is a lot that is a lot that's a lot and, uh, you know, they had a lot of criticism for their app in the past and they've made all these improvements and, you know, this, they said the league league pass this year was following a 51% decline for the 2020 finals from the year before. So being up 36% or 46% is, is, it's just huge. It is absolutely huge. I mean, that's. That's that's a big thing that the the NBA, especially in a pandemic, still. I mean, we still don't have fans. Uh, fans are tuning in, and there's really good basketball on right now. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, awesome. You know, obviously, you know, you and I are League Pass subscribers for the usually. Uh, we're big fans of the product. It's you know very frustrating and maddening at times. Sure. Um, but you know the fact that you can just turn on and watch any game is spectacular. I shouldn't say any game. Like yeah. You know, in our area, for some reason, we can't watch the Cavaliers, the Grizzlies, or the Pacers, but sure, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, it's dumb. Yeah, but, you know, like, I think it's cool for the case of, like, I want to watch the Clippers one night. I can turn Absolutely. that on. I want to watch the Heat, you know? So to see, like, people really buying into the NBA as a whole more than just be, like, one team fan process is really yeah. neat. And I actually did not know that till you brought that up here on the show. So um, that definitely makes me happy, especially. Huge, huge news. Huge news. Yeah, because I've been watching a lot of Bulls games. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Cavs games just because they've been fun. Um, obviously, watch a lot of Laker games, you know. So, and uh, I've been watching a little bit more than the Knicks than I thought I would, Sean. I think we've talked about this already, but yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, they're kind of fun basketball right now, <laughs> aren't they? Like, New York is like fun in basketball for like for both teams for once. Like, even though the Nets are, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't care to ever dive into the nets again until they like are successful consistently again. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, if we get there, um, sure. all right, last bit before we get out of here, uh, I know we want to kind of touch on this real quick. Sham said an article in the athletic today, discussing some different trade situations. Um, obviously this year, the trade deadline being, I believe it's March 25th this year because of everything with the pushback of the season. Yeah. And the team specifically that was mentioned was, um, the New Orleans Pelicans for their five and 10 start. I'll read this excerpt from the article real quick. A team that is expected to be prominent in the trade market picture rival teams expect the New Orleans Pelicans. The franchise is off to an uneven five and 10 start to the season. New Orleans has been receiving calls about the availability of Lonzo Ball and JJ Redick and has shown openness to discussing trades around both with interested teams, sources tell the athletic. A mover create a clear pathway for young guards, Nikhil Alexander Walker and Kira Lewis in Pelicans rotation. So, so teams that have been linked to Lonzo Ball that I've seen. Let's hear them. Let's go One, for it. The Clippers. Love that fit. Love that fit. I think it's a great fit for him. That's not bad. Yeah. Two, the Bulls. Love that fit. Please do it. Are the, are the Bulls really one of them? They've been mentioned as a fit. I don't know if there's been talks or not, but okay. if you know, if, you know, David Griffin wants to send them to Chicago, I'm sure. cool with that. 
Um, so obviously that's going to be a big name. JJ Reddick's obviously a ton of teams are going to want JJ Reddick because people want scorers off the bench. And I know he's had a struggling start this season, but people will definitely want him for his veterans leadership. He's been in like deep playoff runs. He's obviously played in the finals. He's always, he's had the pressure the spotlight on him since he was in college. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously the fact that he's I don't know, one of the best shooters ever. So yeah. Perfect guy to have like uh, on a handoff off the screen, you know, just a big time shooter. So there's going to be a lot of teams that I'm sure they'll probably put in interest for him. Um, you know, a team particular, I think what the JJ would be awesome on is like the Celtics coming off the bench for them and scoring would be spectacular. Yeah. Um, I know Miami hasn't been very good yet, um, but I'm not at the point where I'm ready to count them out because they still have so much talent. Uh, I okay. believe it's just a bubble hangover. So I think that's a good fit for him. Um, the Knicks, the Knicks probably want to get more scoring to add to that bench. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe get rid of some power forwards. Yeah, probably. I don't know if, I mean, New Orleans might not be the team to trade power forwards to because they've, <laughs> they've got enough of them themselves, but they do. Um, they do. Yeah. So, and then Lonzo Ball, obviously, I think a lot of people, I know he's been rough offensively this year. Um, uh, yeah. Not, not great. Yeah. There's been a lot of conversation which ball brother you'd rather have. And truthfully, it probably is LaMelo, but it probably is just out of, out of, uh, you know, uh, pure speculation at this point. Yeah. So I think, uh, there's gonna be a lot of people go for him. Like, like I said, if it's the Bulls, like I would totally love it. If it's a situation where they can keep, like, get him. You have Kobe White. You have Zach Levine. We've all said all along that Kobe White's necess- not necessarily a point guard. He is a definite shooter. Yeah. Um, so you know, putting a guy like Lonzo to facilitate to those guys. Laurie's probably a part of the trade. I won't have it in front of me to say yes or no completely, but he obviously, you know, the fact they didn't pick up his tender. This is his free agency year. Like. And, 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 you know, the Pelicans could use another power forward. Yeah. <laughs> but this one can shoot. That's true. Yeah. That is very true. That is very true. I think, you know, um, and one thing about Lonzo is Lonzo can probably play three positions. So yeah, not a, not a big problem there. No, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not, not Lonzo. Um, uh, Zion. Yeah. Uh, I, I really wish he would like get better at shooting. Um, oh Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Especially yeah. like he still looks yeah. really lost on defense at times. Like obviously yeah, the athleticism does. He does. wonderful, he does. but yeah. Um, other couple names I thought were interesting. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks uh, rival teams are monitoring Hawks pending restrictive free agent John Collins. Sources said Collins, yeah. who rejected an extension offer from Atlanta in December, will be among the top big men available in free agency. Yeah, and he's he's going to probably get moved um, by the trade deadline. They're gonna they're gonna get something for him because he's not he's not gonna be back next year. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And two more I want to talk about. Uh, one being uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. Apparently has been discussed between New Orleans and Golden State. Ooh. So Kelly Oubre Jr. Just like is kind of getting like passed around quite a bit. He might be the new Nate Robinson. He is. Yeah. He. <laughs> is that what you're gonna compare him to Nate? Yeah, I mean Nate played for like. 15 of the 30 NBA teams. So who is the guy who got traded like six years ago? Like he got traded like four times in a week. Was it Luke something? I'm trying to think what his name was. Was it Ridenauer? Is it maybe player traded four times? Let me see. I want and he just retired like as soon as yeah, it was Luke Luke Ridenauer. I thought he was, it was tra- he was traded four times in one week and at the end of it he just retired. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> there were all these memes that came out and it was just like pictures of Luke and they're like, and it goes, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. 
Yeah, I wonder if like every team told him like, "Hey, we have you, but we're gonna shop you. Like, <laughs> stay tight. Don't buy a house." <laughs> Awful. So bad. Yes. So Ubre, um, obviously, I think you know. I guess the Pelicans need more wings. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And you know, the Warriors probably be the team that would get JJ Redick, and that would just be fair. You know, like. Yeah, I mean, I could see that happening. That'd be awesome. Um, how about this though? So I know there is there is some talks, obviously going around for Derrick Rose and his. Services. Okay, that's where I was about to go next. Yeah, I knew you were going to. I knew you were going to. So the Knicks and the Clippers have been have been attached to mm-hmm. trade rumors with uh, with Derrick. Um, what about that for the Pelicans? My. Okay, so if they move Lonzo, I like it in the case of that gives Nikhil Alexander-Walker and, you know, like we said, Kira Lewis Jr. chances to get more touches. Yes. Um, be kind of the lead ball handler, and Derek comes off the bench and kind of does what he's doing now for teams. Um, the Clippers, I don't necessarily know if they make a ton of sense for him just because everything that Derek Rose is really good at, the Clippers have right now. Yeah. Um, they need more of what Derek Rose can't do on their team. So that's the one where I'm kind of like iffy on. Um, the Pelicans will be fun, um, and the Knicks are another an, another team that's that's you know yeah as well. And it's like like was weren't we just there? Yeah. How could we ever forget when he said, you know, like the Knicks? It's like us in Golden State as the super teams yeah. in 2017. I I totally forgot about that, man. <laughs> Honestly, that totally totally just dropped off from me. As it should, brain. as it should, Sean. Uh, but you know, obviously we knew it is 7.6, 7.7, one year deal. Someone was going to make a move to get him. It's probably going to be in a less, it could be in a lesser role than what he's playing now, but for him to be on a playoff team, yeah, I think is, um, you know, probably something he cares more about. Um, the Knicks obviously make a ton of sense being the fact that it's Tibbs. It'd be his third time playing for Tibbs on a different team. Um, he's obviously been in New York before and it was something, um, and really like, he's really kind of found like his niche in the NBA now, finally, yeah. like he's figured out what he can be and how good he can be in this current role. We saw a lot of it in Minnesota. He's, you know, he's been the best guard in the Pistons for a couple of years. Not that that's saying much, but um, if the Knicks are a team that really believes they can make a playoff push, like I'd make a move for him. I think that he'd be really good for that team. Oh Especially yeah. Especially if you don't, you know, if, you know, what's the worst case scenario? Like, okay, we get rid of him in August. Like, all right, cool. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think, you know, I didn't see if there's any other teams necessarily that uh, people write. Actually, I'll pull this up real quick before we get out of here. So right underneath that, the athletic NBA staff did an article about Pistons, Knicks, and Clippers writers proposed their deals. Okay. So let's go through this. The Pistons won. Let's do it. Uh, the, I mean, the Pistons and Clippers won. It would be Lou Williams for Derek Rose straight up. All right. I don't think that does anything. I don't anything. like it. No. It doesn't do anything. No, it doesn't. Like it's you know. And honestly, I'd rather have Lou on that team. Yes, I agree. Um, the Knicks one, Alfred Payton for Derrick Rose. Mm. Doesn't excite me. No, nothing. I'm going to be jaw dropping at, but um, you know, especially because you can't. You know, I highly doubt the Pistons say, "What about Emmanuel quickly in the in the Knicks gal?" No. Click. <laughs> so. The last one. Do, 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 do. All right. Where's that Pelicans one? 
Did I miss it? Oh, no, it's the Pistons talk with the Clippers and the Knicks is what the deal was. Okay, so no Pelicans one. Disregard my conversation there. Um, but um, I do think Derrick Rose we moved. I definitely think those three teams we mentioned the best process. I don't love the Clippers fit. Uh, would I be happy for him because he'd be on a very good NBA team? Sure. That'd yeah. be great for him. But it's not the move I really like for him. So we will definitely see what happens. Um, but I think unless you have anything else we need to touch on before we get out of here, I think we're good to roll, man. We're good. It's been awesome. a great week. It has. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks again to Dane Moore for joining us. Be sure to follow him at Dane Moore NBA and follow the Dane Moore NBA podcast on Blue Wire. Um, everyone have a good night and we will talk to you soon.